What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of the Lost Cause of Social Club podcast. I don't think our podcast show actually has a name. It's just our our name of our club. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. All right. Well, regardless, um, <laughs> we got your usual core three, the triumvirate. We got Fact Ass Steve. What it do, baby? We got Larry Dubprinter. Hi. And we got Mill, who is myself tequila so, mill tequila milano, mill milano pizza tequila mockingbird Alyssa milano um, dude milano cookies dude there's, uh, there's anyways, tons of them that's sick so <laughs> we're mapping out our next few weeks of the podcast and larry had this cool idea because we have some other episodes that we won't spoil even though if you got to the end of the last episode you probably know it and we have some cool oh yeah that was he, whatever but uh, he just he, he brought up the idea of doing this like desert island list type of thing, and you know people do that with like movies and music and food and all kind of shit, which is cool. But obviously we're pretty music based, and I I kind of had this other idea to add to it. So what we're gonna do today is each of us has a list of five desert island desert island albums, but they have to be all from different decades. Any decades you want, but they can't be from the same decade. So it's kind of a pain in the ass. It really was super difficult to think of five records that were all from different decades. So, before yeah, so before we get into this, I just wanted to ask you guys, like, you know, was it weird? Because originally it was like, okay, yeah, like I can pick my favorite albums, but was it weird to have to like think about when certain albums came out? Yeah, for sure. Because I was totally uh-huh. under the impression that Generator came out in the eighties. And it didn't. It came out in 1992, and it was going to be my 80s record. But it's mine was pretty straightforward. In all honesty, there was just like one decade where I still haven't decided, and when we get to it, I'm just going to just off the top of my head just pick it, so I don't have to think about it anymore. That's probably uh, going to make it like the best, most like organic answer. Yeah. Other than that, um, the reason why I'm not covering every genre is because I had the problem of like. All the albums that I really like from a particular genre happen to come out in the same decade that my favorite record of all time did, so by virtue, they just get snubbed. Fair. Well, Other than that, it was pretty pretty straightforward. For me, I kind of noticed that I think in terms of like genres a lot, and so sometimes there'll be an album that's like maybe 88 or 89, but it sounds like a 90s record because it's, you know, like a like a punk record or like a, a grungier kind of record. Sure. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's 90s. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's 1989. Like, fuck me. Like, I'm, so I had to really I know what year I, I usually can tell you what year an album came out that I like. But it was really weird because I was thinking more sonically like 80s. You think chorus on everything every and like reverb. Like reverb on drums and shit like yeah like re- yeah like you fucking you, d- you put like four reverb pedals on the kick drum the drum machine where the snare is louder than any anything else in the mix where it's like doom, just sounds like a big ass clap with reverb on it i love Perhaps. those um so yeah this was kind of challenging but what i um and we'll get into some honorable mentions or i, I have one for a decade i didn't use but um you know before we get into it I think that all of us we didn't discuss what we picked. Yeah, I have no idea cool. what y'all's are. 
So before you guys get listen, like just so you know, we didn't discuss this. We didn't team up on it. So we might overlap. That's okay. Might be completely different. But I think what we'll do is we'll start honorable mention, then go. Um, we'll see who has the oldest decade, and we'll go that way. But uh, it's going to be interesting to hear the answers. So uh, first of all, do you guys have any honorable mentions, like for a decade you didn't use? Uh, for the 90s, I really wanted to pick Generator from Bad Religion. No, no, but like, for is there a decade that you didn't pick oh, one Oh, I didn't pick one from the current decade. Same. And uh, other than that, I, I did 70s, 80s, 90s, zeros, and 10s. Okay, I did the same as you, but I picked a record from the 60s as an honorable mention. Okay. Steve, do you got any honorables, or should I go shoot off? No, because I just make the point now that I just straight up don't listen to enough 60s and 70s music to warrant a choice. Like, I just now, like, a couple months ago, started diving into 60s country when I was, like, studying album layout. And, like, Ray Price kicks ass, but I don't listen to Ray Price nearly as much as the five albums I picked, so sorry, Ray. Yeah, my well, 70s pick is, like, one of the only, I guess I, I guess you could say classic rock bands that I legitimately give a shit about. I'm a total nerd, so I like a lot of old shit that people hate on. So my honorable mention is is Abbey Road by the Beatles, which is '69. Nice, um, but, uh, nice. 1969. So the thing I'll just say real quick about the Beatles: I know that a lot of people will still cite their importance musically or culturally, but still be like, I don't give a shit about them, or I don't like them, or I hate them, or I just don't care. That's me dead and on. More, and the more and more I've heard that, I've been like, okay, what the fuck is the deal with the Beatles? Are they awesome or do they suck? And I got, like, really into them. And I like some of their weird albums like Revolver and Abbey Road because they got to a point where they are like, we're not playing fucking shows, we're only recording. And then recording equipment, which is obviously something Larry and I are both into, um, got more advanced. So they started doing shit that they could never do live because they stopped playing shows because they were too popular to play shows. So, like... That's they why none of our bands are playing shows, everybody, because we're all too big yeah, to play shows. No, Deadass, uh, Vox invented the AC-50 for, specifically for the Beatles because they couldn't be heard from the screaming girls at their shows. And then they made the AC, like an 100-watt Vox, and they were originally not for sale. They were only for the Beatles because of how popular they were. That's sick. That's why so I like, used 100-watt uh, amps because I can't yeah. hear over the screaming chicks. So, yeah. So, uh you suck that's what the screaming chicks sound like in our show but uh i was really i got really into some of their like because a lot of times when you think everybody knows beatles music like you just sure, you hear sure, it all yeah time. and you think like i want to hold your hand all this shit but like when you listen to some of their weird stuff like their drug albums like uh fucking uh was it revolver or like uh um am i thinking like rubber or, like, soul and shit a- rubber soul's kind of that point but like especially Abbey Road, like it's really they're really versatile records. Like they just have weird stuff, and the songs are just different because there's four guys writing them. So, anyways, I just thought that, that was a good uh, honorable mention because even though it's old school, there's a lot of weird different genres and sounds, and it'd be a oh, yeah, good sure. uh, good thing to have on you. So, anyways, um, I guess I do. You guys all have seventies. I have seventies, yeah. All right, so I guess we'll fire off Larry's in my seventies first, and then we'll go to eighties. All right, what do you got for seventies? So, for my 70s, I got Van Halen 1. That's from the 70s? Uh, 78, yeah. Oh, mine's from 78, too. Oh, word. So, uh, Van Halen is a group my dad got me into, specifically, like, the first record, Hardcore. That's just something he had when it came out. He gave me his vinyl copies of the first two. From He bought them in, when they were out first, and uh, 
I really have a, a attachment to those records because of that, but also like the guitar work's incredible, and I think you you know tone is from Van Halen, like he gave us that. Yeah, that's super true. So I figured if I'm gonna go for like one kind of classic rock album where I'm gonna get some solos, I'm gonna get some cool tones, some old school vocals. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Van Halen one. It's a even though there's a lot of music I like from that era, that's like the one that's probably most important to me and. Um, it just it does have a variety of stuff on it too. The first one's kind of all over the place. So cool. Uh, mine from the seventies is uh, Outlando Stiamor from the Police. Mm. See another great record. Yeah, I fucking love the Police so much, and like it's almost arguable that like the Police are a punk rock band. You know, like well, yeah, there's I mean, songs on that record that are just like super fast, like kind of shitty. Like the vocals are kind of like shouted and weird, but like grow really melodic and just grimy. Uh, but yeah, like that's their first. I want to say their first anything. It's definitely their first like studio full length. I'm sure they had like demos and shit or whatever. Because who doesn't? But uh, I really love that record. All my favorite police songs are on that record. You know, it's funny you brought that up. I was listening to uh, Sex Pistols yesterday. Uh, never mind the bollocks. And uh, I had this kind of same thought of when you're younger and you listen to shit from the 70s or 80s, you're like, all right, but fuck that. It's old or whatever. Right. And Or you're really into it, like you, one or the other. And uh, to me, I feel like when you listen to some of these records, you hear like at the core of it, because I've played music for so long now and whatever, I've listened to so much shit. You hear the core of it, what you hear in bands like Blink and Green Day. Yeah, definitely. They have their. I'm not saying they sound like them, but you can kind of like you tell it's all rooted in that old like the Police, the Ramones, Sex Pistols, Clash, like all that stuff. They were doing that kind of power chord, pop rock, power punk stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good shout. But also the Police are a really really talented group too because they get diverse. Yeah, like Stuart Copeland's catalog. one of like the greatest drummers ever. They did a lot and, of like, and, uh, like upstroke reggae kind of stuff too. Like, like almost like. Pre-first wave ska, sans any horns. Yeah, and then like they definitely have some records that have like that really '80s chorusy reverb riffs on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's definitely a it, it's a great band, and uh, you saw them right at Wrigley. I did in 2006, maybe it was, was it, fucking it was awesome. amazing. Yeah, it just makes me think of when The Simpsons when Bart's in the well and Sting's helping him dig the hole, <laughs> and, and the fucking uh, Homer's like telling him good job. He's like anything for one of my fans, and Marge is just like, I don't think Bart's a fan of yours. <laughs> All the way down. And he's like, shut up, shut up, Marge. He's a good digger. <laughs> He's got like a fucking shovel with his shirt on. He's just digging a hole. Like, all right. Anyways, um, getting off topic. Rare. So, um, I guess we can we can rotate over to Steve to start the '80s off. Sure. Because Steve's real into the '80s. Yeah. This this was hard. This was very hard. Um, I'm just f- flipping a proverbial coin here. I'm gonna say, uh, "Tears for Fear" songs from the big chair. Hell yeah. And, fucking amazing album that isn't my favorite album from the 80s though it beats out i was gonna like the whole all day i was like oh disintegration by the cure i was gonna put that as my 80s record uh i mean it's 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 such a fantastic record the thing is though i have some uh pretty miserable albums from other decades and i'm like i think i need to kind of liven it up a bit (laughs) 
I did. I kept that in mind, thinking if I was gonna be stuck on a desert island, I was probably gonna be like pretty fucking miserable. So I tried not to put all bummer music on there, which was kind of tough. That's and that's kind of what I'm doing here. Um, it's a it's a it's a very diverse album. You know, there's the pop bangers, and then there's some uh, some more mellow songs, and it's just overall just a fantastic '80s pop record. Cool. That's yeah, a good aspect. They're a, I, nice. I thought about that one for mine too because that's just an amazing band, probably underappreciated by a lot of people. Absolutely, I would I would say so, and it's like it's definitely like unquestionably pop music, but there's so much going on instrumentally. It's incredible. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. They have like a I think it's a Spotify live session or something. Mm-hmm. But it, me and Steve are watching it. It's really good. Like they're playing a couple songs and like it's now. It's like current. Like when they're older. And they're just anything. We got like fucked up one night and watched one of their live shows at like a festival that was pro shot. And I'm just like, this band, they're incredible. So I put, I put listen on today and I was saying there's like layers I didn't notice in that intro. And I'm like, I've been listening to this album for a long time and I'm still picking out shit that I never heard. Like it's <laughs> incredible. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being stuck with that one. So, so far, um, we've done like three records and an honorable mention and almost all of it's been from England. Hell yeah. Yep. Come on, the England. <laughs> so, God save the Queen and God save Chelsea. Or, and Chelsea. All right, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Um, what you got, Larry, for 80s? Uh, Milo goes to college. That's fucking great shout. For sure. And, like, I don't really need to, like, say anything about it. It's fucking Milo goes to college. It's, like, the first record of its kind, and it's, it's perfect. I mean, Descendants are one of those bands that you and I specifically are both rooted in that kind of music. Absolutely. It's hard to like put a Descendants album. Like, like I'm never not in the mood to listen to a Descendants record. Never. Um, I actually almost picked Bad Religions. Um, uh, I would have guessed you would have picked part. No Control. Yeah, no control. Ah. Sorry, I was like had a brain fart. Sorry, I was gonna I was gonna pick that, but I wanted to splice up my genres a little bit if I'm only picking five records. So I ended up going with Metallica, Master of Puppets. Fuck yeah. Um, I need a metal. Why album. didn't I and think me, of that? It's like no, me, I have no metal. I have I have a hard time picking because all I mean you know obviously I went with Master of Puppets because to me that's probably their best record ever, but it's also like you get a little bit of diversity with it sure because like the other th- three from the decade are mostly just hard um and you get you get different layers to it because i mean like there's just the bangers but then it's like the thing that should not be they don't have another song like that yeah i just i kind of needed like i needed to like you know again this kind of goes back like with the van halen three out of my records are really stuff that i i've been listening to forever but it's like i love bands like nowadays like metalcore bands and stuff from the 90s 2000s whatever but it's like metallica it's like you can't try to tell me they're not heavy the he- like heavy as hell that metallica old shit is, is crazy stuff. fucking heavy Did people and, say metallica's like, not heavy well i think like younger fuck those this kids. is maybe a, a this is maybe a good point for discussion you know when you're younger and you get into like metalcore yeah and it seems like the heaviest thing in the world down tuned and chugs and all this shit but like I think Metallica is so tight that it doesn't matter if, like, you know, if they're in standard or if they're not playing breakdowns. Like, some of the shit they have is just so fucking heavy that it, it almost is more heavy to me than listening to, like, a beatdown band or something. Sure, I get that. And it's also, like, pretty genuine. I mean, that 80s Metallica, they were young kids, and they were pissed, and they were drinking a lot, and it's... 
you know, it's pretty focused. So I went with that again. That's a record I've been listening to forever. Um, amazing fucking record. And I don't think that unless you're one of those weirdos who's like, I fuck Metallica. I don't think anybody's going to fucking, you know, knock that one. Fair. Good ass point. So, That's a super good pick. Um, I think the next decade is the hardest one for me, probably for Larry too. Yeah, it was. Um, but I think, uh, before we get into the nineties one, I'll just say this was fucking one of those ones where I literally just had to pick what I think is my favorite front to back best record. It's like the best record and my favorite because I couldn't fucking, I wanted to put so many bands on. So I don't know if you could, one of you guys wants to start, but I had to preface it with like, I, I there's a lot of shit that I had to leave off my list. I didn't pick really any of my favorite records just because it would have been like we talked about before just five of the same record because all my favorite records are the fucking same so anything i picked if even if it was from one of my favorite bands it probably isn't my favorite record of theirs it's just like the most uh i actually well i got i can use that to segue into my 90s record my 90s record is slowly going over the buffalo from mxpx okay um came out in 98 it's one of their more diverse records. It's got a lot of like super fast, angry, like thrashy songs. It's got some like mid tempo mellow stuff. It's got a lot of just like fast skate punk happy shit. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got this really dirty, grimy instrumental song that like rips like hell. Um Yeah, that's why I picked it. Super diverse record. Production is insane. Songwriting is really, really good. I love it. I do But it's not my I favorite wanna... record of theirs. I want to say it doesn't surprise me that you picked an MXPX record, but it does surprise me that you didn't pick Dookie. I didn't <laughs> pick Dookie. Um, only because obviously the anniversary just passed and we were talking about that. Maybe it was just fresh in my mind, but uh, I feel like. Um, no, I, I mean I have yeah. Dookie written down and I crossed it out. Yeah, 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 no, I get it. I'm not. I'm not blaming you for your pick. I don't. I don't mind it at all. I just. I'm just surprised because I know your attachment to that record. Oh yeah. Huge deal. Hugest deal. Um, I, Steve, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go? Uh, I can go because I'm, I kind of, I'm curious to see if we have the same one because we actually oh, might. We probably do. Uh, cause the nineties you're thinking rock, like for the most part. Um, you could, I read a lot of, there's a lot of good hip hop as well, but, um, I nearly went pumpkins. I went third eye blind. Same. Yeah. Self-titled. It, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's just, pound for pound song for song it's just like one of the greatest records of all time i had a hard time with this because i wanted to put a foo fighters record i wanted to put a pumpkins record um i thought about matchbox 20 um i oh, love that record fucking rules uh, i love a lot of 90s music like really really a lot uh faith no more all this shit oh, fuck. and I, I didn't think about angel does but, but i'm sticking but, with my pick but third eye blind self-titled to me for my personal opinion i'm not going to argue it with other people's opinions but that's the best bet record front to back i've ever heard they made a whole hour sound like it goes by like nothing in a good way um the tones are amazing the songwriting is amazing i've seen them play it in front to back live which was fucking awesome um wish it was with the original guitar player but that's okay but uh that's just one of those records where you put it on it takes you somewhere you know oh sure and my only other favorite record that i say with uh, like next to that is siamese dream but it's 93 so i can only have one and i ended up going with third eye blind just because that i think siamese dream makes me more sulk in my misery whereas like the third eye blind record kind of puts me in a better place See, that's that's the thing in it because i was uh i was going through pumpkins and i'm like well 
I could just pick Melancholy since there's so much. So like you're yeah, you're, that's like getting two records. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that's but, cheating. You gotta pick a disc. Yeah, <laughs> pick a disc. Second disc for sure. <laughs> um, disc two has 1979, right? That whole thing is fucking. You can make a greatest hits out of that record alone. Right, right. Um, yeah, but that album for real had like seven singles. Cause I'm like I'm like I can't go a door because I'm like trying to not pick. Five. Like Larry said, like you don't want to just put five miserable ass albums, and that's then, you're, the, then, that's, then you're gonna die on this island anyway. That's the thing, right? Because I'm like, I'm drawn to, I'm drawn to that kind of music naturally, and there will be miserable albums, but like, and there are some, there are some somber ones that really get, get you in your feelings with uh, Third Eye Blind. But honestly, if you just made the argument that that's just objectively the greatest album ever made, I'd be like, I don't, I'm not gonna argue that. Like, it's weird too because I like other Third Eye Blind albums, but like. It's one of those things where it's not like Blink or Foo Fighters or Pumpkins or Nirvana where I, in my head I'm like, oh, they have so many good albums. I'm kind of like, I like Blue and I like some of the stuff after that, but I'm like, Third Eye Blind self-titles just kind of like, they hit the nail on the head with that and then... Just so know. good, man. Like, I don't listen to it as much as I should. I, I think that is a severely underrated album in the grander scheme of things. Sure. It's one of those things where if you know it, if you know it, you know how good it is. And if you don't know it, you're like, oh, fuck them. They play Jumper. Right, but that's I love it. The, uh, the best description of the two people that you could have given. <laughs> well, because like I, I think Jumper is like the all the small things of that album. Yeah, yeah, se- it is. Semi semi charm semi charm life is like the what's my age again, where it's like you've heard it a million times, but every time it comes on, you just let it play because it's sick. Yeah, true. But but like Jumper is like the all the small things, and I'm like, no, but uh, I I wouldn't turn off Jumper, but I will turn off all the small things, but I'll leave Jumper on because it is amazing. I've probably okay okay, but for what it's worth, I've probably like listened to this album as much as I've listened to Animal of the State. Fair, and that's like a disgusting amount of times. Also, shout out Papyrus. <laughs> They're like the only no Entombed used Papyrus too, actually in the nineties. So did uh Darren's dad's band. Uh, Three Days from Dying. Mm-hmm. They also Darren's dad's band's super hard though. <laughs> They're actually really fucking good. Yeah, it's like sick. he, he shout out Junior. Um, okay, so that getting that like my nineties choice know. was very, 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 very hard. It took like all day of thinking about it. Is that MXPX record? You think you said it's not your favorite? Do you think it's the best one? It's absolutely their best record, but it's not my favorite okay. record. So kind of how I feel about like um. Like maybe like Blink Enema or Blink uh, uh, Self Titled or something. Right, like, like Self Titled is without a doubt their best record, but it's not my favorite record. So yeah, for sure. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, uh, I obviously I don't know MXPX the way that you do. Sure. So I wasn't sure on your on your opinion on that, but that's nice to kind of be in the. I, I feel like we kind of were all in the same boat with the '90s, where we had to pick one that was like, well, you're not going to be disappointed. True. So, uh, 2000s is a weird one for me because this is the era that I grew up in. This was a hard one for me too, yeah. Really hard. Um, and I just want to say that 2000 through 2009 might be the decade with the most change because obviously the music industry kind of like sunk. Yep. But like, it's also like really bizarre when you feel like you're coming into 2000 and it's like, there's like new metal is like the fucking thing. And then by 2009, it's like, neon pop punk so it's like a very bizarre nine years ten like, years of like metalcore goes through an entire life cycle in those nine years mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah pop punk like did too because like early 2000s was like 
take off your pants and jacket and like um like the starting like line and, and then pop punk revival was in like 2009 it's weird because like i think that um and before we get into our picks i think genres move so fast music stays forever you know like i I'm obviously i'm sitting here holding this nirvana record like you know i just listened to this um and that was you know that came out when i was like one but the actual life cycle of a genre or a scene it moves so quick true and you have to evolve as a band pretty much to stay relevant so um, not a lot of bands can really do that no it's weird because i feel like you either roll the dice or you stay the same and one of them depending on what band you are it's like one of them works out and one of them doesn't true so all right so 2000s um anybody want to start I don't care. You can. All right. Well, my album appropriately is from the year 2000. Uh, and I had to pick this record because if it wasn't for this record, I probably wouldn't listen to any cool music. But I went with the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, Blink. Cool. Um, Good-ass choice. Because so, also, you're getting a bunch of Blink songs at once that aren't on one album. Yeah, I feel like live records are kind of cheating and greatest hits are kind of cheating. But at the same time, I thought about it. And I was like, you know... That's if you ask me what my favorite Blink record is, it that's it. That's my favorite Blink if it counts, you know. Yeah, I think it counts. And because the reason is because that really solidified, you know, the road that I went down in my life for music and all that. But it's also kind of one of those weird things where it's like I thought to myself cuz I wanted to put John Mayer for us uh, uh Room for Squares. Ooh. But it's it's one of those weird things where it's like Blink, I have to have a Blink album. Like, if I'm going to die on some island, the last band I want to listen to is Blink-182 before I die. Sure. I know it sounds really fucked up, but, like... No, because I do, too, probably. Like, <laughs> You know, I don't... And the only other option is, like, uh, Jimmy Buffett, if you're getting fucked up on an island. Then, like, nobody really wants to die listening to Margaritaville. It's just a funny joke. <laughs> I mean, I can think of shittier ways to die, for sure. That doesn't sound terrible. Jimmy, Bu- you got Jimmy Buffett to de- no. I want to listen to Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett to- when they do Five O'clock Somewhere together. That's a great one. Six, six. So yeah, I got I got the Mark I got the Mark Tom and Travis show. You know, it's a uh, it's a uh, kind of a uh, a staple for me. It's also Mad Jokes on there the, too. Yeah, it's an yeah. interesting choice of the live record. I would have never thought to really go through those. I want to just go on the record saying I really enjoy live records as long as they sound good in the like mixed uh i i really like live records uh, i know some people hate them but that's something i'm into all right anyways you guys go ahead take it away what are you guys steve of malice and the magnum heart by misery signals rare yeah this one in no but that's a good fucking choice this one in 2010s it's like a fucking course and they're like the same genre so you already know my 2010s choices but like attack attack yeah, clearly. <laughs> Stick Stigley uh, bridge version. Um, not the not the scary house, the bridge. Two uh, thousands was hard as well. I was I I immediately was like, oh, two thousands of malice. But I was considering swapping it out for both uh, digital ash and a digital urn by Bright Eyes. Cool. And, uh, and uh, what to do when you are dead by Armor for Sleep. But uh, oh yeah, that's a great one. At the end of the day, I'm like. My most of my list is heavy shit because I mostly listen to heavy stuff. Why not put the best on there? Put a malice skit in there. 
And it's just, you know, it's a, it is a miserable record. It's an angry record. It's a bitter record, but it's just like, they absolutely do it the best. The songwriting still holds up. Uh, the sound still, it has its charm. Um, Jesse Zarasco at his best. I love that record to death and that's why it's on my list. Very cool. Uh, mine is Sticks and Stones. Yeah, that was on my list too, but I had to. Uh, it's not, it's not my favorite NFG record. Um, it's not even their best record, but um, if I had to sit down and just listen to one forever, I'm probably going to pick that one. It, uh, there's a lot. I don't want to say there's a lot going on on that record, but there's a decent amount of diversity on that record. I would argue it's their most important record. It's absolutely their most important record for sure. So it's like one of those kind of categorical things where it's like there's a lot of significance, even if you don't think it's their best. Uh, before I wrote that down, I wrote down Full Collapse, but then I crossed it out for NFG. Yeah, I think NFG was like neck and neck with the Ma- uh, not Mac, um, John Mayer record. Mm-hmm. But I had to go with, with Blink. But like I, I also thought about that too. Like I really only had you know a little bit of pop punk, but it was like, well, if I'm... If I don't have newfound, that sucks. But Larry will probably have them. I did. <laughs> so rare. Yeah, that re- the the sticks and stones is um is a weird record for me too because sometimes I'm like, oh, this is my favorite, and then I'm like, oh, it's kind of their enemy of the state, and I've heard it a billion times. But I don't ever put it on and go, ah, I'm sick of this. Like even my friends over you, I'm like, oh, it still slaps. I just have heard it a lot. Exactly. And like Sunny is like my favorite newfound song. So nice. Um, so 2010s is my last one on my list. Mine too. Did any of you, you didn't have 2020, uh-uh. Steve? Uh, I had a 2020 selection. You didn't have a 2010s? I have a oh, 20. Oh yeah. You don't have, you don't have seventies. Right. Okay, right. cool. Um, well I'll, I'll throw mine out there since I kind of, uh, had a Freudian slip. It's circles by Mac Miller for me. Nice. Um, I had to, you know, th- that record's unique. You get a little bit of hip hop, you get a little bit of R and B. Obviously, I, I like that's one of my favorite records, and I had to get some diversity in this list. Um, and also, too, I think when I like look at the records I pick, they're very long, so you get a lot of music with all five of them. You pick circles or swimming. I, I meant swimming. I'm sorry, okay. but circles would have been a good choice too. I meant swimming. I no, apologize. Of course. Thanks for um, catching me on that. Yeah, I mean, I know they're I, like like their their companion pieces. I just I was like. No, 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 no. swimming, yeah, I need, no, Circles is great too, it's a little bit more chill, but uh, I I need swimming, because swimming is, it's kind of like an ADD record like I am, you know? Sure. You get a lot of back and forth, but yeah, I picked that, there's some great sounds on that record, you get a lot of diverse stuff between the hip-hop and the R&B, there's a lot of sad stuff, but there's a lot of upbeat stuff too, so, Mm -hmm. I really like when an artist can blend, like, the really, like, kind of discouraging, like, sad shit, and then, like, the really, like, upbeat, dancey stuff, but it doesn't sound, like, out of whack. Sure. If, yeah, it's consistent. It fits within the record. So. He, does, he does do, or he did do a very great job of that. Cool. What you guys got? Um, uh, Larry, you want to go? Oh, yeah. Um, my 2010s record is uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy from Kanye West. Solid. Um, It's, it's an emo record. It kind of is, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's really, really long. It's like, uh, like, I think it's like 17 or 18 tracks, and some of those tracks are like nine minutes. Like it's long as fuck. And it sounds like, like that's the soundtrack of a, a legitimate psychopath having a Coke binge. Cause that's what it was. 
It's just a crazy guy yeah. wearing a million dollar suit doing pounds of coke and making a record with a million amazing features that cost a million dollars that record probably cost over a million dollars to make i bet well and in the year that it came out that's absurd right because it came out in 2010 is like the first year of that decade i could have picked from um not a bad song on it insane amounts of like texture and depth and everything that record has absolutely everything it's perfect it could not be better i think kanye west is one of those artists too where they have so many good albums so people are have different opinions like what their favorite is what the best is what the most important is etc but whenever you start one of his records front to back you just get sucked into that one and you stop thinking about everything else mm-hmm. like you know Fantasy is one of those where you get into it and you're like, this is a fucking amazing... It's basically an emo record. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get into fucking, like, uh, you know, any, any of them, and, and it's just he sucks you in. So that's a good shout. I probably should have had some Kanye on my list, too, but... That's all right. Good call. I was going to pick Time and Space by Turnstile, but um, I could... Ah! <laughs> I could not pick that record. But that Turnstile record is amazing, though. Shout out that album. It's I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Great Let's band. hear it for backtrack. Let's <laughs> hear for backtrack. You ever see that show? There's a show where they're playing live. They're like when they only had their EP out. They're I think they're opening for backtrack's record release or something. Mm-mm. And the singer turns out just like let's hear it for backtrack. It's an insane show. People that's gonna are going clip. Nuts. That's gonna clip the shit out of the track I'm recording. Mm. I love that. <laughs> So, Steve, what what you got? I know Steve's you got, got to finish Steve's this got two left. All right. Yeah. Well, well, I know what your next one is. Yeah, strategy will find us by counterparts. I mean, what else, what else could it be? And uh, I know you guys have kind of refrained from putting, like, your favorites on there. Not really. But uh, this is my all-time favorite record. I've said it multiple times on the show. And uh, if I preface that with this pushed out a lot of diversity – um, like all the singer songwriter stuff, like Julia Baker and Phoebe Bridgers and whatnot, from the same decade. All the rap and hip hop I really enjoy is from the same decade, and I'm like, I can't pick those over this. And it's the record I have listened to the most times, and I just I never get sick of it. So like, if I'm stuck for if I'm stuck somewhere for the rest of my life, if I have that record, I'm I'm just not I'm not gonna get sick of it. It's all right. Yeah. I should have, I should have yeah. fucked with you guys and put like Enya or like Erica Badu on my list. Yeah, Erica Badu well, actually, fucking rules. I'm saying. What were we saying? Uh, like I said, I'm putting a Tchaikovsky record from 1860 on my list. But uh, but no, Steve, Treasure will find us if I can just in- interject. I think that that record is really important. It gets overlooked a lot, but that time in metalcore, especially like 2015, there's a really big change in the scene. You know, and Counterparts kind of spearheaded that. People credit the album before and the album after, but that time period, because, you know, the like Larry kind of said, the, it, it's very cyclical, but, like, it's quick hits of these, like, you know, he's like pop punk, pop punk revival. The metalcore scene from 2000 to 2000, or 2010 to 2020 is very weird. No, definitely. Uh, and there's so many good metalcore records, like all those Architects records from the 2010s and... Uh, like straight from the path, 
Even the other counterparts albums I considered because You're Not You Anymore I think is the easiest to listen to and Nothing Left to Love just has the best songs and everybody else's favorite telling home. But uh, I, I'll never get sick of Tragedy Will Find Us, man. I just, every single song's great. It, it is a miserable record, but that's what I'm drawn to. Uh, and the performances are incredible. So I, I'm my all-time favorite record, I'm taking it with me, man. Cool. All right, you got got to have it. Okay, so Steve's got the last one, and then we'll shift gears. Yeah, but, uh, we, we flew through this. I figure we would, but we'll have some discussion um, based on this. But uh, 2020s, I guess. Damn, we're in the second year of a decade. Fuck that. And it, it's strange, but uh, I'm putting loathe on here. I let it in, and it took everything. Okay. And when you're talking, when you're talking variety, I mean, there's so much on this record. I've and I've waxed poetic about it again on the show plenty of times. But it's like, there's rock songs, there's metalcore songs, there's black metal songs, there's ambient soundscapes. This thing has it all, and I still am not sick of it. If I'm kind of in a, if I'm in like a phase where I don't really know what to put on, or I'm kind of burnt out on something, I just oh, I'll put the Loathe record on again, and it's just it's fine. You do listen to it a lot. I was gonna say, um, just because I'm piggybacking off the Loathe thing, I'm surprised none of us had a Deftones record. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just go with Loathe. <laughs> I was, well, we I'm surprised that none of us the picked uh, End of Heartache either. I mean, it was between that or of Malice. Well, what if the island you're going to, like, it, you can, uh, that's automatic. It's like a, like your free gift for vacationing there. You get a welcoming mint and then the End of Heartache on cassette or CD. That's just the default, <laughs> like the, the free space. Um... I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. It is really bizarre that, you know, going off of Steve's last decade thing here, it's like we're in 2021 that, like, 2011 was 10 years ago. Yep. Does that bother anybody else? Yeah, very much so. This might sound weird, but it feels like 2011 was 10 years ago, but it sure as hell doesn't feel like 2016 was five years ago. No, not at all. I think... um, Oh, my God, 2016 was five years ago. Doesn't, I that, think, doesn't that seem fucked up? Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of entering a new, like mu- musically speaking, I think we're going to enter some kind of new era of a lot of these different scenes because obviously the COVID thing and not touring kind of fucked a lot of shit up. But also, I feel like it's forced a lot of people to get creative. Sure. So like, do you just have a cooler down there, Larry? I have a case of beer. <laughs> just sitting out? There's like three beers in it. Fair enough. I know it's um, been in the fridge for like two days, and I grabbed it before I came because I knew I was gonna drink drink through them. But I yeah fair. But I think like if you look at even like Larry's, obviously, um, you got a little bit more than I do with the recording stuff. I'm kind of a noob at it, but like so am I. I just both, bought a bunch of stuff really fast. But well, but you know, you put in the work. But now the next time you go in to do a record with one of your bands or whatever, it's like you have so much more perspective oh, on sure. like what you like, what you can do. And I think it, that's like a really good thing because it's going to force a lot of people to get creative because we've kind of, I feel like in the past five, six, seven years, and this isn't a new thing, but especially in the past few years, a lot of people have just settled on whatever the trend is. Let's do that. Sure. Sure. And it's not like I'm over the point of like criticizing bands or artists. I'm more or less like this bores the shit out of me. I feel that because like even you go to a local show, okay, like you can kind of you can kind of get some diversity. Like if you have Low Country, Stole Away, Get By, 
um, the region, spineless, whatever. Like, there's diversity there. Yeah, that would be the most fun show of all time. Yeah, I just kind of rattled off the bands that we usually play with, but yeah, for sure it would. But, you know, to that point, it's like, you kind of know who's it. Like, okay, like, you know, Get By is kind of like this influence of you guys have the heavy stuff, but you also like pop punk. And it's still always kind of like, like, we're kind of just like opposites of each other. Like, we're rooted in one, but have overtones of the other. Yeah. Which is funny, because we all like the same shit. Um, yeah, we're just like, have like okay. that's a good way to put that. I'm like crossing my arms, but no one can see me because this is it's, not It's funny. Com- Isn't combine, it? Like, combine them and you get the whole pizza pie. If you combine this them, you get a, a data really remember. catchy, really heavy pizza. <laughs> it's like a data remember divorced to pop punk and hardcore divorce, but they have to share custody of their kids. That's what Stoloy and Get By are. Yep. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was kind of a harsh thing. But anyways... Um, but like, True you know, though. we all are friends with like, the bands I listed off. We're all friends. So we know each other's influence and stuff, but you can hear it. Like you can hear it in Josh's music. You can hear, um, Green Day, Jimmy Eat World, uh, kind of like older brand new, um, sure. just like the kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. And then like with the, with the region, I mean, you hear a lot of like the tiny moving parts stuff and like starting line and whatever, all great stuff. But I think like when you get into like scenes of like touring bands where it's like okay here's the pop punk scene here's the metalcore scene, not a lot of bands before this like fucking lockdown not a lot of bands were standing out to me like newer bands. Okay. It would be like okay here's the uh, Midwest sparkly emo stuff. Here's the pop punk stuff that's more like uh, like chunky guitars because you know the sad boy stuff kind of started to die out. Okay, here's the metalcore bands that are basically fucking hardcore bands, and here's the hardcore bands that are basically metalcore bands. You know what I mean? Like that sort. There's like two two different things. And I mean, like obviously, I got it on a binge of like Heart Attack Man. They're a very unique band. Sure. But I feel like there's not a lot of that, and I feel like there used to be more of that. I get that, and I agree with that fully. I don't know if it's like a it sounds very vague but i guess like the way i'll say it is like you guys remember going to warp tour and like hustling your ass off to hit each band you wanted to see yeah it was impossible you couldn't you can, see everyone like, you wanted to see right but like there's that general nowadays people throw around the the description of like oh warp tour band or warp tour music but like yeah there was so much different shit oh yeah like Think of, like, there was a scene at one time, and it was, like, Taking Back Sunday, Fall Out Boy, and My Chemical Romance. And those bands don't sound alike. At all. You might have, like, the one Fall Out Boy song that got cut from Cork Tree. I can't remember what it's Music called. That sounds like... Maybe. It's the one that sounds like a My Chem song. Yeah. So, like, there's, like, some crossover here and there, but, like, it's not like when you look at fucking, like, um, you know, Wonder Years, Real Friends... When that scene was going on, yeah, all those bands sounded the same. Well, I'm, and I'm just pointing those two maybe spearheaded the the sound, but then a lot of the bands that followed would sound just like that. And it to me, it's like I don't think that when you have an like you know, no matter what I think of a band, you know, My Chemical Romance is an example of a very unique original sound. True. But very true. So so if you try to copy them, you're gonna sound like you're copying them. Now, nowadays, people are influenced by them. They've been around forever. But in 2005 or six, nobody was influenced by them yet. That's fair. You know what I mean? I do. So I think, like, um, I'm hoping that once this shit's over, we're going to have a lot of people who maybe 
I know I've kind of written stuff like this where it's like more of yourself and less of what you're trying to be. That's yeah, that's really true. I've everything I've written really in the last, I don't know, maybe year. I haven't given a shit if anyone's going to necessarily like it. I've just given a shit if it's like something I'd want to make. Yeah, and that's I, how it should be. I've been having that uh, a similar deal, like, lyrically. Because, um, obviously, I'm wrapping stuff up with Stallaway. But uh, not more so all, like... I would, like, look at my favorite albums, like, I have to do this. But then I'm like, well... If what's coming out is what I'm trying to say, then that's really what I should just be saying, you know? Sure. Like, I'm too too worried about, maybe I'm too worried about the uh, the presentation and not just, like, getting my point across. Well, it's like, people are really harsh and hate on shit, and I include myself in that, like, we're human. So, like, when you say, oh, that band sucks, and then you, you know, you hear, oh, like, everybody thinks this one band sucks, and then you write music, and you're like, oh my god, what if I sound like that? But you gotta take it away from that and just be like, no, like I'm gonna write what I want. I'm gonna work hard until it's what I want. And I think too many people worry about the music being quote unquote good, but not like writing what they want. And I think the best bands are the bands that are right making music they want that is good. It's like a combination of two things that's hard to quantify. Correct. Like, um, you know, take any band, like any great band, Smashing Pumpkins. Like that's there's some amazing music there, but like Billy Corgan's also making what the fuck he wants. Yes, that's super true. And you know they fucking before they got huge, people let them have it in the scene. Like they're like fuck these guys are playing guitar solos on her. So I think like it's hard to it's hard to you know obviously pop punk too is a difficult genre to stand out in. Yeah, that's a very very difficult genre to stand out in. But I think if you're writing good songs and you're putting enough of yourself into the music, you will stand out. I mean, look at any of the huge pop punk bands that, like, like All Time Low, like, they kind of get grouped in with a lot of the shitty neon stuff. But, like, their first couple of releases, like, they were trying to be Blink, but they're a four-piece and they took a lot of stuff from other types of music that put in so they weren't just a Blink ripoff. They're, they kind of transcended the neon stuff and even pop punk to a degree. They're, they're a huge band. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's super a, true. Really Same thing point. with the day to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nah, they're they're just uh they're in a bit of a mess. But well, fucking take the guy to court and get his get your due diligence and find out if it should happen and then what kick the, his ass out. What are you talking about? The, there's some kind of fucking the the basis. Oh, still that's still remember. a thing. Yeah, still having like nothing's. Right, nothing's concluded in that regard, I should say. I'm not going to go off on a huge soapbox. but To say, I just to say, say like, diplomatically, nothing is concluded in that situation. I okay. think like when you get into these situations, I'm just going to stick it to the music scene. I'm not going to go outside of that. You need to fucking, you know, get, get it taken care of in a court of law. Find out what happened. And, you know, you, if you weren't there, you don't know. So you have to prove it the best you can. Right. You have to... I think, too, I just want to throw out there, I think there's a dichotomy. You always have to believe the victim Yep. without accusing the person being, like, the person who's accused without assuming they're guilty, too. You have to say, I believe you, because it's important that people know they can come to you. But you can't say, I believe you, and be like, fuck this person. you got to go, I believe you, let's get to the bottom of this. Okay. Because there's a lot of people who falsely accuse people of shit 
and sure. that's that's damaging to people who go through really bad stuff. Yeah. And I don't think people know how many people actually go through a lot of bad shit, especially within their own families and stuff. Sure. So I'm just like, you know, this is a day to remember thing. I'm just like, you know, get to the fucking bottom of it. I'm not saying, like, anything bad, like, oh, fuck her or fuck him or whatever. I'm just saying, like, find out because the more yeah, you I let it... I, I didn't mean to bring that up, but I was just No, like, but I, so, I think as an advocate right. for safety and as an advocate for safety in our music scene, it's like, I don't want to be, you know playing shows with people who are getting away with things and being pieces of shit I think we need to hold them accountable but also like you need to make sure it's true yeah some kid just got kicked out of college um, for something he shouldn't have and they found out later and it's just like people are getting their lives ruined over stuff so like let's just get to the bottom of it now to make sure that the victim's life isn't any worse and they feel safer but anyways, I'm not going to go off on a huge rant. I'm just saying, like, I'm tired of bullshit in the music scene. Like, the hardcore scene... Ugh. Yeah, it sucks. But... What the fuck can you do right now? You can't play shows, so I guess there is no scene. True. Yeah. Before, we, before I guess we'll break better, it in an hour. For better or worse. I guess we'll break it in an hour and we'll kind of um, reset the topic. Yeah. Cool. So we got, like, ten minutes. I just want to throw this out to you guys, so... Um, Larry, I know you're working with like some different, you know, quote unquote bands. You're starting a band, and then you kind of have the get by stuff still kind of going on, sorta for the. You no, know, like I have two, like actual bands going, um, but yeah. So like, has anybody reached out to you to play a show? Yeah. Isn't it like bizarre? Um, I don't even fucking respond. Because well, like, the first time I was going to, like, send this long thing, and I'm like, are you really playing a fucking show, you irresponsible son of a bitch? But I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this, so I'm just, I just didn't reply. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, if somebody else is playing a show, it's their decision. True, but then, like, you're inviting people to this event, and it's like, dude, you're trying to... No, no, to I'm with... I'm with you. I'm with you. But I just mean, like, y you know, what the fuck are you going to tell somebody? They don't. If they're already thinking like that, then they're not going to change their mind. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. It would be so sick to play a fucking show. It would be so sick to go to a show. It would be sick to do anything. But I think it's, I think it's so crazy how there's people playing shows and like obviously like just being unsafe. And then there's people yeah, on the opposite end. There's people like driving in their cars by themselves wearing two masks. And you're like, dude, like you're not going to give the virus to yourself. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people just completely lost all perspective of everything, and I'm like, can we just get through this so we can fucking have shows? I want to go to a show. I still got my goddamn armor for sleep tickets. <laughs> I still got tickets to see Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio. Remember how I was? I got armor for sleep ticket too. <laughs> yeah, I was saying we all like all the homies have armor for sleep we were tickets. All, that show was gonna be everyone we know. It was literally gonna be like just people from Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight up, um, I was bitching about for like a year and a half. You remember this? I was bitching about not getting tickets for that Liz Fair and Alanis Morissette garbage tour. Mm -hmm. And now it's like that's just been like put off. And I'm like, I want to go to that show so fucking bad. Me too. I want to see Butch Vig play drums. <laughs> Me fuck. I just want to see him in person. Yeah, it'd be cool, right? Like, oh, got, like, oh my god, look! <laughs> <laughs> 
He like grew his mustache at at 14 and just had the same mustache forever. You know, Steve, if you had a mustache and like you parted your hair real long down the middle, you could kind of look like him. I'm working on it. Steve's probably a lot taller than Butchvig, though. Yeah, I I got. Steve is taller than LeBron James. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, uh, Like everyone's like, yeah, six four, but no, he's nine foot six. LeBron James is so tall. Like that's like such an exaggeration. Well, that no is. fucking Le- LeBron's kidding. Like, like, LeBron's like like a solid two feet taller than you. Like, just to give you some perspective, two on feet that, taller than a, you? No, like eight foot taller than me. <laughs> I went to a Bulls, eight foot four. <laughs> I I went to a Bulls game one time and I sat like uh, on the floor, but uh, before the game, I got a jersey signed by Joakim Noah. Cool. And I was like standing in the tunnel and they're doing like their shoot around. Then they go into the locker room before the game or before a lot of people come in. I was there early and like. The way that the United Center is, like, the like when you're kind of, like, it's kind of like bleachers where it's, like, staggered and goes up. So I was, like, two feet, like, off the ground holding my jersey over the rail, and he's, like, looking at me eye to eye. And I'm just like, this is nuts. Like, this guy is fucking huge. I probably told you this story before, but um, I was working at Jimmy John's. This was probably, like, 11 years ago or 10 years ago. And uh, he came in to our Jimmy John's. Like, it was, like a Tuesday at like four in the afternoon. So there was nobody in there. Like there was nothing. Yeah. Going you on. told me that. Yeah. He just pulled like a loose ass debit card out of some sweatpants. And I'm like, what? it's funny you <laughs> say that my, one of my uncles uh, said that he saw him getting pizza one time. Oh, like cool. they were both picking up pizza and he's like, yeah, he's just out there wearing some big ass sweatpants. Yeah. I like, I mean, I didn't completely understand the situation. And this girl who was there, she's just like, ah, and ran to the back so she wouldn't have to talk to him. She was nervous. And I'm like, I'll fucking talk to him. Like, this is, like he was just some huge dude. I'm like, this guy is probably on the Bulls. I'm assuming. He, he so came I up. up he like, oh shit, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> he didn't sign for a lot of people, but he signed my jersey. I took my jersey off. And it was his. It's a Noah jersey, and he and I had a pen, and he signed the number. I still have it. And uh, I was just like, yo, thanks, man. Like, I, and I told him like, this is the truth. I was like, I was at your first ever NBA game on opening night of whatever year it was, 07, 08. And he like he like kind of chuckled and he like slapped my head like jokingly, but it like really hurt because his hands were so big. <laughs> oh shit, that sucks! You just, you just got you just got smacked by you know, Do you know Com- <laughs> Do you know Comron from Open Your Eyes? Mm-mm. What's one of my buddies? He's like a huge basketball fan. He likes the Orlando Magic. So we went together to see the Magic play the Bulls, and he got tickets like real close. For he found them for a good deal. So we were like sitting down there. So he was with me and he was laughing his ass off because I was like talking to him. And then he just kind of gives me, it was kind of just like a love tap, but this guy's fucking hands were like, it was like a, somebody with a baseball glove on just like hitting you <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, the Foo Fighters video when the dude's with got the, the big, big ass hands. hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck dude. Like think about these guys, like, like palm basketball. Basketballs are big. Dude, the, way, the way that yeah. put it into perspective for me was, uh, now I don't I don't have like some weird fucking complex when I'm not the tallest person in the room, but like, they was like, oh yeah, you could play this position, and it's like on TV they look like they're like five feet tall, because everyone else is just so like right massive. It is really odd... odd to not always be the tallest person around. It's strange. Like I, I a... talk to someone and I have to like look up to like make eye contact. I'm like, whoa, you're a freak. <laughs> Larry, I got an odd question for you. I don't think it's personal. It's just odd. What size shoe do you wear? 13. Okay, so, like, Steve and you are not that far apart in height. Sure. But I wear a fucking... But Steve wears an 11, I think. Yeah, but I yeah. also have probably 240 pounds on Steve. 
Yeah, but feet are, you know, I wear an 11 also. I mean, like, my feet, like, I, I think I was supposed to be, like, two inches taller, and I just started drinking seven, coffee started when drinking you were coffee. a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they put espresso in it. What's the Sean, what's Sean Hunter said one time? He's like, sorry, my mom smoked when she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, brutal as fuck, but, no, my mom didn't do that. But my mom's a nurse. She knows better than that. But, like, she she's told me she gave up caffeine when she was pregnant. She's like, I couldn't drink Diet Coke. It fucking sucked. I don't know. I'm like, because you know, like, when you drink a lot of uh, caffeine, you know how it is. You get headaches when you stop. Oh, God, yeah. M- imagine carrying my dumb ass in your womb and having a headache. That was probably hell. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, but, uh, this fucking baby won't shut up in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking, like, in the womb, like, air drumming. <laughs> That's um, sick. Dude, no, but it, it's just like I, I always wanted to ask because like it's weird. Like Michael Jordan is six six, but he only wears a thirteen. Oh, cool. So I feel like shoe size doesn't jump up as much in height. Like you kind of have like a lot of people wear like nines and tens, mm-hmm. and then I feel like there's a lot of eleven, and then I don't feel like a lot of people wear twelve. I feel like it's either either eleven or thirteen. It's true. I feel I feel like because like whenever I go buy a pair of shoes and they're like, oh, we don't have an eleven. He's like, we have a ten and a half and a twelve, and I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you go buy. I I bought a pair of Vans once because I there was a huge sale and uh, for mall employees. Oh, cool! And I really wanted it. I needed a new pair of shoes, and I really wanted the like they're like the gum bottom like pro old schools. Yeah. And uh, I got a really great deal on them, but the girl talked me into a ten and a half, and I was like, I know better than this. <laughs> so like I still have them and they're just like tight as shit so I like sometimes I'll play shows with those because it's good when I'm trying to hit my pedal board and stuff sure especially with helix because they're the one thing about helix is like your your buttons are small and they're close together yeah <clears throat> was that a weird adjustment for you uh yeah it really was um trying to do it with like Jordans or something on was super super hard so i i did it like i noticed like a big shoe was like sucked with the buttons being so close together so i was more comfortable at first doing it in like a pair of vans or something but with the first now the first show it. you had it though was that one we played with you right mm-hmm that was the, I, I got it that day because i i used mine i had mine for like almost two months before i used it mm-hmm. at a show and um i remember we were practicing and taylor he basically like made me a pedal board and he goes here let me let me see your helix and he plugged his laptop in he gave me two irs and he goes okay uh, i think this should work for you and it was like said like mills 5153 tone and like he's he's crazy and he like had all like my phaser he had it all laid out for me and he's like all right just memorize the colors and you'll be good for tonight i was like nice so it was like but it was a weird it was definitely a weird adjustment yeah and then going back to like that pedal board right there with actual pedals on it, that was almost weirder to go back to. I have a pedal board sitting right next to me, and you know what I realized? I love the foot switch on a boss pedal. Uh, that's my favorite foot switch because it's not just that big metal thing. Like if you're like at home Play. fucking around and you don't have shoes on, it yeah. doesn't hurt to step on that pedal. To step on like an electro harmonics pedal or something. You have to put shoes on. Yeah, or like if you hit it with your hand when you're tracking something, it's like, it's like stupid. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm going into guitar nerd talk. So we're about at an hour. I know we kind of ranted about a bunch of bullshit, but that's what we do here. It's okay. Yeah. Mm. You can always cut it if you need. Fuck it. But um, uh, why why don't we take a quick break, grab a drink, take a piss, whatever, and then we can um, kind of come back with a uh, second half of the show. Sure. I mean, sound that. good. Sounds great, actually. Thank you. We're gonna do some more fun desert island topics but this is not a pre-planned one so we're gonna fire them off off the top of our heads cool anything you guys want to start with in particular um movie one movie one movie wow one movie my one movie is the Foo Fighters documentary (laughs) (laughs) okay I can watch it a million times in a row so that's mine it's so good I recommend it by the way back and forth I think it's on YouTube for free right now I have to think about that too. This is hard. Uh, that thing you do is what I would pick. Rare. Good call. Yeah. Good choice though. Good choice. Oh shit! I dropped my phone. Yeah, that, it, it is totally what I would it, it, blah, blah, be expected to pick because it's my favorite movie ever. Fuck man, this is tough. Typically, like I would group together like a few. It's hard to pick just one. Hmm. Cool. Oh, I really... Rapid fire. Fuck, man, I don't know. I'll just pick The Empire Strikes Back. Cool. Damn, that's deep cut. Well, I mean, not in, not in the case... <laughs> by, by our by standards, our standards it's a deep cut. cut. Somebody like, that movie was so huge. What are you... Deep no, cut. No, no, like, it's, like the, it's like the biggest movie of like, all time. Like, talking about, uh, like, uh, what's, like, science fiction or sports on this show, like, which we did both today, that's, like, deep cuts for us. I mean, I guess you could say, like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. like, The Wedding Singer, but I'm like, if I'm picking one movie, I kind of want something with a little, oh, like, right. you know. Well, now that my job is to write and talk about hockey, I don't want to come here with my friends where I have a good time and be like, yeah, let's talk about this guy's fucking face-off percentage. Like, nobody gives a fuck. Um, except me. Actually, Steve gives a fuck, too, but... Like, yeah, it's just me that doesn't give a fuck. But, like, I nobody listening to this... I'm not employed. I'm not employed to do nobody that. Nobody listening to this shit gives a fuck. Um, mm. Fair all right, so rapid fire. Get one type of coffee. Like, what do you mean one type of coffee? Like one, like roast. Like, like one a- specific coffee drink. Pick the place. Pick the drink. Whatever. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going iced americano from Starbucks. Uh, venti, extra shot, extra ice. That, that. That's the best coffee on the fucking planet is a five-shot Americano. Mean, as, the day, as the day progresses, that ice is going to melt, and it's not going to really become less strong because there's so much ice in there. But also, I feel like slamming, like, five shots of espresso at once stuck on a desert island, I'm going to go nuts. Well, that's what fair. What else are we going to do? I'm just going to get spun out on coffee and party. Let's do it. Well, that's my favorite drink, So, like, for coffee, so I'm not sure I said that. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. I'm gonna st- stick with Starbucks, but I'm just gonna get my Grande Black Cold Brew. You you know how like cool. uh, you know how like uh, pizza? It's like even shitty pizza is still pizza. Yeah, you and I are kind of like that with coffee. I'll drink bullshit coffee to get caffeine. Yeah, like, sure. we drink. But like, in, here's the thing: Starbucks is like I'm sure there are individual like there's places that make amazing coffee. I'm not trying to be like Starbucks is the best coffee. But that's, like, the most consistent place. 
Yeah, like, I'll take that. Like, when you order, a, like, it's very rare that you order Starbucks and they fuck it up. Or, like, not fuck it up, but they they make it correctly and it tastes different. True. And I, did, now, I tell you, did I tell you guys about how they, uh, they fucked up my order, but, like, in the best way? With the huge cup? Yeah, so, like... Um, oh, oh, this is... A, Steve keeps getting his fucked up orders. This is different than what we talked about earlier. Yeah, oh, cool. so, um... This is when I I was coming home from the doctor uh, last week, and I was all fucked up for two weeks now. But uh, my mom usually just gets like two shots of espresso and like a venti cup, so then she puts in like a like a premier protein cool. to mix in. But uh, they did that, but they put my grande cold brew in with two espresso shots and a venti cup. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, so like, he was like <laughs> so zooted. Like, it was not. He was like on an antibiotic and then like had like fucking a thousand milligrams of caffeine or something. It was really good though because uh, you're essentially getting like you're tasting espresso, but the aftertaste was cold brew. Oh, nice! It like rounded off perfectly. I'm like, damn, maybe I should just start getting like I can't get in the habit of putting shots in my cold brew though. Yeah, you can. Every once in a while. The the thing I wanted to... I'm going to do that on my way to work tomorrow. The, the thing I kind of wanted to say... Really good. When I... I want to preface... When I said that Starbucks tastes consistent for me all the time, it's also probably so, has something to do with the fact that I don't get anything in my coffee. Okay. So, like, I'm sure if people get cream and sugar or flavors, like... Yeah, you can put that in any coffee and it's going to taste like the creamer you're using. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, sometimes people be like, oh, I need this many pumps because if they don't make it, like, a different Starbucks, it won't be as sweet or whatever. Like, for me, I don't have to worry about that. And Starbucks espresso machines seem pretty consistent. Sure. I'm also... I'm, I'm pretty bad about, like, trying different coffees. Like... I think I went like two years where I just ordered the same thing from the same place. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so maybe maybe if I like, you know, once once Earth opens up again, I can actually start hitting up my local spots and trying different things. But until then, I'm just getting the same shit every time. So let's do uh, something interesting because I know we did this with Brian, but let's do go into a gas. There's a gas station on this desert island, but. You can only get one drink and one snack. What are you getting? Every day that I'm there? No, well, just like, this is a one-off. They, they, they're taking the gas station away the next day. Oh, okay. So I can just go to this gas station and get one thing? What, what it is is a Family Express boat came by. Oh, okay. So you gotta, That you, makes so much more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, so you the get, Family Express boat rolls up and like, yo, it's like an ice cream truck, but it's a Family Express boat. <laughs> Fucking yeah, yeah they're playing, but they're I, playing fucking like Erica Badu though through a speaker instead of like kids music. I, it's playing thunderstruck. Crazy DC. I said, let 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 me drive the boat. <laughs> <laughs> let me drive the boat. I'm walking um, into that. I'm walking up to that uh, that boat, and I'm getting a bag of um, seven layer tortilla dip nacho um, combos. Good call. Yeah. Um. And seven layer dip combos and a uh, a glass bottle Coke. Ooh, good good call at the glass bottle Coke. GBC uh, is life. Really is. Um, I'm gonna get something of the flaming hot variety because uh, selection always varies. 
if I have the option, if I have like, if they have the the whole selection of taking flaming hot Fritos and okay. a and a sugar free Red Bull, and that's the the root of my gastrointestinal problems, but I'm still getting it. Oh I'm yeah, that absolutely. That probably can't be ideal. I'm get I'm getting <laughs> it by Chingy. You guys remember that song? <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel you on that, Steve. Is it me? Yeah, it's you. Yeah. I'm with Steve. I want flaming hot, but I want flaming hot ruffles, which are really hard to find. I've never even seen those. Yeah, they're awesome. I like um, I like flaming hot on ruffles better than like Cheetos or Doritos or whatever because the the chip is plain, so you really get the flaming hot flavor. You know. Sure. Sure. If if they don't have those though, I will go with and you'll respect this one. Those fucking cheese it combos where it's like sweet and salty. Yo. They're not combos, but it's like a combination pack. I mean, yeah, and then yeah. uh, for my drink, uh, it's a gas station. Unless I'm getting an energy drink or water, I'm going fucking green apple Gatorade. Right on. I don't know what it is, and I think Brian and I, Coach, I think we talked about that. Um, <laughs> we like, uh, we're like, yeah, like we don't like fucking anything green apple, but the Gatorade is bomb as hell. Right on. So there's. But going back to the old Buttcast days, I remember. Uh, <laughs> Uh, getting the we each got a like a snack on the way to Larry's, and uh, I had the sharp cheddar parmesan combo, like the two pack of Cheez Its. That's a close second if if they carry them. Ah, yeah, yeah. My butt cut for my the butt cut. I have like a really huge butt cut right now. My my hair doesn't decide doesn't know which way to part, so it's going between butt cut and my part for my comb over days and it's it's just i don't know what's what it's doing if i get an undercut or it's like shaved underneath i'm gonna start buzzing words into the back of my head and i'm gonna put butt cast i will i will throw uh one more suggestion into the fire sure a liquor boat decides to dock <laughs> lovely <laughs> and before you say i am the captain now it's going to um, just fucking hijack that whole boat. Be like, fuck y'all. Yeah, I'm on a desert island. Now. I've got shit to lose. <laughs> Let me draw the boat. Um, <laughs> They offer you one alcoholic beverage. I guess I'm one probably going to... One alcoholic gonna... item. It could be a bottle. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if it's just like one beverage, I'm going to go like most bang for your buck and probably get like a Long Island. <laughs> yeah, um, heard, no, this is no. We'll, we'll get no. The bar boat comes next. This is the alcohol. This oh, is the okay, this okay. is the this is the liquor <laughs> okay. store. Um, then probably yeah. like uh, uh, I know they make like thirty like thirty racks of White Claw now. <laughs> oh my! God. So probably that because I could make it last a few days. A few days. <laughs> Yeah, I could do that. Also, like Desert Island, hot. Like that's that's gonna be a an easy thing to drink. I'll take I want, that. Yeah. I want I want the handle of eighteen hundred silver. Thank you. I guess I guess I'll do Jameson, but part of me would just do gin because if if I have just gin and no tonic, it works a lot faster. Here's my thing: assuming we're on a tropical yeah. island, I can find a lime or a coconut or something. True. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go gin too. But then I'm going to call back to my Family Express order, and I'm going to get a kickstart. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Oh, now that's yeah, the... a throwback. 
That is <laughs> that's that's gross, very man. throwback. Yeah, like, like you got anything else? You, like, you need a chaser? Like oh, I got this. It's fun. Oh. That podcast was so funny because I'm sitting here like looking. I'm across from Chris, and then Larry's like to my right, I think. Mm-hmm. And like you and Steve, like I just remember looking over and you and Steve are like making these mixed drinks, and I'm like, what the fuck is it? It's like a laboratory over there. Like, what it are the a, mic It was a can of Kickstart and a handle of Costco gin. But <laughs> it like, smelled no, but it smelled all fucked up. <laughs> it tasted fucked up too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, see, it, I, it I worked, had the, but it wasn't tight. It's not like you were making the, Jaeger bombs where that shit works, you know. I don't really go out of my way to get kickstarts. I don't mind them, but they're just kind of like glorified pop, you know? Sure. Um, and it was, uh, we got there around, like, I want to say like eight. So I'm like, well, I can't get this energy drink, so I'll get that one. Like, I'm doing mental gymnastics to, to justify getting another caffeinated beverage. Sure. And I feel like kickstart's not going to be nearly as intense, so I, th- I, f- I get that move. Yeah. And I kind of wonder what uh, gin, gin and Red Bull probably be disgusting. So, in hindsight, I don't regret my decision. Gin is only good, really, with tonic. Yeah. Yeah, it's because gin, that juniper, like, berry, like, that weird taste, like, Mm -hmm. it's very specific. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you you just have it, the only thing you add to it is fizzy water, and it's over. I haven't had gin in a long time. I feel like you can drink PBR with anything, though. Not mixed, not not mixed. You want a gin and PBR? No. (laughs) Not mixed, but like you could just you could throw back some gin and then drink like a six pack of Tallboy PBRs that cost you five ninety nine and you're good to go. Sure, uh, we're already making we're making birthday plans now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, what if the bar boat comes by? If it's the bar, I'm definitely gonna. Or what if I bar. just said fuck you guys? I'm setting up a bar right here on this goddamn island. Uh, if it's a bar, I'm definitely getting gin and tonic. So I feel like yeah. a lot of times you can get tanker and tonic for a decent price, and it'll work. <laughs> Fucking so Wayne Knight, I'm fixing a divot. It's like, yo, I'm building a bar. <laughs> oh, he's building a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Um, yeah, no, I figure you go gin and tonic. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just yeah. had that thought. I love it. What would you get from the bar boat? Uh, I'll, you know what? Since I got tequila at the liquor store, I'm gonna get a Jameson and ginger ale. Nice. That's uh, that's the low country drink. It's a nice drink. I I like Jameson in general. I like ginger ale. Um, and sometimes like for a nightcap, you need a good whiskey. Sure. But I don't. <laughs> what? The... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't say anything. Oh, no, it's no. Your, one of your guys' turns. I already went. Yeah, we went. We both went. For the bar? Yeah, I said gin and tonic, too. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Unless, this, uh, unless this bar boat sells cigarettes, because a lot of bars sell cigarettes. <laughs> so if they sell cigarettes, then cigarettes. Fair enough. Um, Or I would just grow tobacco on this bar and make my cigarettes. On this to, bar, on this it'd island. Be, <laughs> it'd be like tobacco, like the Simpsons. It would be just like that. Uh, how about, uh, like a TV series? Like you get to take a, like, uh, you could take every season of one TV series. Parks. 100%. I'm going Simpsons. Fair. Yeah, because you'll be able to watch it for the rest of your life with how many seasons there are now. Um. Yeah, true. But in the the seasons we actually watch, that's a really good shout. Uh, I'll go Seinfeld. Yeah, that's my other, 
my other one. Sorry. Because if you because if you if you really pay attention to it, it gets more funny. But yeah, uh, Seinfeld gets funnier the more you watch it. I feel like. But also, you could just put it on to shut your brain off and still enjoy it. So like. Yeah. You gave a compl- you just gave a complete breakdown of what it was like working with me and Larry. <laughs> it's like smart funny, but then like you could also shut your brain off. Yeah. It's Gore-Tex. Genius. Um You know what the thing is about like this desert island discussion that I think is always funny? It's like they limit you about how like it's always like you can only have this or take this much, but it's like Nowadays, that's all, like, if you have cell phone service, you just take, like, as far as media goes, you take as much shit as you want. True. Yeah. It's such, like, an old-timey time. It's fun. It racks your brain. But it's always, like, oh, like, you can only have one. What? I'm gonna take that. I got an iPhone. Fuck you. It's like, like, I have Spotify. Like, fucking, I have everything, you know? The thought went into my head how, when you were talking about, like, live albums, you mentioned Greatest Hits albums, and I'm like, damn, Spotify kind of defeats the purpose of a greatest hits album but if you have a great but if you have a greatest hits album on vinyl it kicks ass i because of because with vinyl it like uh you know you you can't pick which order you listen to the songs so like when you have a compilation on vinyl it's actually really nice so i agree with the vinyl part that. that you just said but as far as the spotify thing goes i don't really think that it takes away from greatest hits albums if they're bands that have like a hundred records because, like, a lot of old bands that have a ton of records, like, literally anything from, like, the 60s or 70s onward, it's, like, greatest hits fucking are nice even on Spotify because you don't have to go find all the fucking songs. Plus, some True. bands have greatest hits albums that came out, like, it, like, I mean, and I'm not talking about, like, Blink here or whatever, but, like, some bands, like, maybe, like, had a greatest hits album that came out in the, in the middle of their career, if their career is 40 years long or whatever, but you only want the first half. Fair, Fair, but I yeah. mean, just like when you go to a verified artist, you get a greatest hits playlist. That's true. You know what's weird about that though is, do they even do greatest hits albums anymore? No, they just do Not like this is whatever Spotify playlist, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I feel like greatest hits were a thing up until like not super recently, but like. I remember like even when I was like maybe within the last ten years at some point buying them, you know. Sure. And there's some artists I feel like that don't have them, like. You could totally see, like, John Mayer getting one. Yeah, definitely. Or somebody like that, you know what I mean? Um, And I know that that was also a cop-out of, like, record deal stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's such a bizarre thing to me how... I don't know, I feel like that should... It it could still be a thing. Because today, I'll I'll just say this real quick side note. Somebody was talking about Foo Fighters putting out a new album, and this dude commented, he's like, oh, are they still a band? And um, the dude was like, yo, like, they're like... They never stop. Like, they still sell out Wrigley and shit. They put out a record, like, every two years, I feel Yeah. Like. Two or three years. Yeah, so what I said, to the, the guy was like, oh, I wasn't hating on him. He's like, I only know, like, Everlong and Pretender or whatever. And I was like, well, dude, I go, everyone was telling him where to start, and they're giving him, like, obscure songs. I go, go listen to the Greatest Hits record. Once you realize that you absolutely know every song on that, then you find the ones you like the best and go to that album. Yeah. And like that's the greatest hits record we listened to, wasn't it? That one night. Yeah, I have that on vinyl. But like, that's the thing. It's like greatest hits records are really great for people trying to get into a band just to give them a taste. Sure. I mean, I know that some like most of our favorite songs by our favorite bands aren't their singles, but like you start out liking them because you hear their singles. Yeah. So 
anyways, I don't know. That was just a quick side tangent. We got a few more things we could throw at the wall. Probably got 10 more minutes left in us. Sure. Um. Shit. I'm trying to think of a cool one and nothing's coming to mind. You can do video game. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Rare. Yeah. Is it just one game? Yeah. Hmm. This is tough because I, uh, I would have suggested this earlier, but I'm like, I don't think... It, it, we, it's hard finding common ground about things that we all give a shit about enough. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm, probably Metal Gear Solid 3 or Dark Souls. One of the, I'll go with Metal Gear Solid 3. That's my all-time favorite. Cool. Would it be wrong if I said, like, Mario Golf? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, Mario Golf's tight. It is tight. Uh, I think I'm going to go with... Mario Paint. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're writing our next record on Mario Paint. Um, I really like a lo- I really like a lot of like shit that Larry likes too, like Tony Hawk, and then I was really into a lot of old PlayStation like Crash and Spyro, shit like that. But I'm trying to think like what's the one game that I could play like on loot. You know what? I'm gonna say Tony Hawk's Underground, and the only reason is is because I that's the one game where every couple like I don't play a lot of video games. Every couple years I go and beat that again. Nice, but I just wanted to say a different answer because Tony Hawk Two is like the goat. I'm gonna revert Absolutely. my pick. I'm actually gonna go Dark Souls because uh, when you beat the game, you can just start New Game Plus, and it's just the game again but harder. What's that game with all the fucking like nice. dragons and shit that was like on PlayStation Four or Three? Skyrim. Yeah, is that the one with like Alduin? Yeah. Do you still play that? Uh, they, uh, I haven't played it. I haven't started a save in a while. I was thinking about getting it on Switch, though, because they just keep remastering it for whatever the new consoles are. Fair enough. I just remember they that being... They put that game out on, like, everything. I remember that being a thing, and people would always talk about it. I'm like, I don't follow you. <laughs> I don't know what. No, I put in, I think, like, 150 hours or something on that first save. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, you can get lost in that game for sure. That, that, that actually is not a bad shout if you're talking one game for the rest of the time. Cool. What's, what's uh, I'm trying to think. What is something else we can throw at the wall? I mean, do you guys read books? Should I even bring that up? <laughs> it's hard because, like, I don't really read, like, contained stories. I mainly read manga, and those are just comics. What so, about like, websites? Volumes. Like, what's, like, like you go read or go to one website? Google. No, that doesn't count. Not search engines. I, I <laughs> it's hard not to say YouTube. Right, but I, I, no, mean, like, I would absolutely pick YouTube. I just meant like in the context of reading. Oh, Reddit. That's fair, I guess. No, because Reddit's like you can get some great information on Reddit, and there's a lot of dipshit cock rings on Reddit too, and I don't give a fuck what they have to say. So that's not really the best option. The internet is just like a mixed bag when it comes to people because you never know what you're gonna get. So yeah, it's the like, internet really has made me realize in recent years that like people are i don't necessarily like people i don't think i'm very burnt out on the internet the the internet's made me realize that somehow we have the most information available we've ever had and people don't look anything up (laughs) it's like ridiculous like you can literally find out what you want to find out and people just in fucking seconds it's so easy it's like and don't get me wrong, there's there's just as much misinformation, and it could be about serious stuff or stuff that, like, you could look, get, literally get the wrong guitar tab. You know what I mean? It's about everything. Sure. But it's just, like, crazy, because it's, like, back in the day, like, you had to open up, like, a fucking encyclopedia 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. And nowadays it's like, yo, like you can look shit up and maybe I, I come off like a prick a lot, but I'm just like, yo, like go fucking get the information, dudes. I just brought up books because I was staring at some books, by the way, that I'm have sitting here. I'm a That's geek. Okay. Yeah, I, I mainly, I have like a ton of manga in my room, but it's hard to pick just one volume because it's all like a continued, they're, they're in volumes of the continued story. I'm currently reading right now, like the... It's like everything everything you learned in kindergarten is like all you need to know. Cool. I think that's like the title. Which is really good. It's just like a bunch of essays about like how things that you learn, those basic principles, like they really are all you need to know about. <laughs> Chapter one, I wipe my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But, uh, that that's a cool book. Um that's Sam a- Fell's book. Sam Fell's book is uh yeah, still need to finish it, but it's a hockey book, but it's a, awesome. That's a self contained story, so um, how about like did you guys ever read any magazines growing up oh yeah tons uh i used to get yeah. like subscriptions to magazines that came to my house every month i was so psyched when i would come up from school and I'd have a new like thrasher or something I oh, like it. or like ap or some shit i think like AP last was year great i f- think like last year i finally i either finally canceled my game informer or i switched to digital but i don't know game informer for like 15 years but and uh, we used to get the WWE magazine and Pro Wrestling Insider as a kid all the time. I, I also, for like up until recently, I was getting the hockey news and I didn't renew my subscription for some reason. But I think it's so much more convenient to read on your phone. But I've been doing more reading in books and magazines because the blue light is fucking destroying my eyes. Yeah. I have an easier time getting through like a book if I have it physically in my hands. Because, like, with manga now, you can buy it digitally. Yeah, but that's I just, true. Yeah, it's, when I have my computer screen open, I'm like, I'm going to read this chapter. And at the same time, I'm, like, looking something up on my phone and opening a tab of YouTube and listening to music. And I'm just like, nah, like, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time focusing. I just need to read the damn book. What's the worst song that routinely gets played at people's weddings? Mambo number five? Does that no, get that played song at fucking weddings? rips. That's a great song. But does it, that, I never even hear that. Don't you dare disrespect um, Lou Bega. Fucking, uh, the cha-cha slide, maybe? Um, nah. I don't got anything to uh, the cha-cha Amazed slide. by uh, some fucking bullshit like early 2000s pop country. What about um, the chicken The chicken dance is pretty brutal. The chicken dance fucking slams. <laughs> yeah, accordions are underused. Yo, yeah, uh, the, the, best, the best song at weddings is when they play I Feel Like a Woman. True. Because you hear like... Let's go, girls! And then there's a bunch of like the floor, the floor. And then there's a bunch of like 35 year old like single moms with like 10 kids, and they're all like out there in like huge heels. Yep. So sick! I'm about that. I love that song. I don't attend enough weddings to really have an answer. The video is so funny too. (laughs) Yeah, I don't attend enough weddings to give you a proper answer, but I think I'm gonna get to the age where all my friends are gonna start getting married. So Steve's gonna get married, and they're gonna be playing typo negative. (laughs) <laughs> that, that that'd be that'd be weird but i'd, I'd be down <laughs> drink gin for, for first first dance is a christian woman <laughs> <laughs> the invitation yeah, that, the invitations the, are gonna be laid out like october rust 
like the name. Yeah, like, no, no, I'm gonna get ready for first dance, and you're just gonna hear like the, the intro, which is like, "Duh, thank you, thank you for buying our record, October Rust." Dude, like you can only have music where people have low ass voices. It'll be like that guy and Johnny Cash. Cool. They like st- st- they like while they're serving food, he's gonna have like Seager Ross playing in the background. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that'd be a. That sounds like a coma dream. Sometimes I sound like I have it all together, but the most of the time I feel like I'm losing my mind. Me too. Fuck, man. You if, know? I, if I ever get married, though, you know that 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 playlist is gonna be off the chain. Yeah. I can't think that far ahead, though. Why not? You got nothing else to do. Can't go I anywhere. Finish, I gotta finish our damn record. That's what I gotta do. Fucking, uh, you, like, deadass can't go anywhere. Like, there's nothing going on. Yeah, so just make your wedding playlist. Yeah. It'll be all when you two like... are the only people on this planet that I talk to, aside from five people in England. <laughs> so? They yeah, can come to the all wedding. Like, like, counterparts in Uzi Vert. <laughs> oh, you know, we, you know we're playing Uzi Vert. But, uh... <laughs> fucking, like, like, Cardi, like a, Playboy the... Cardi and shit. Yeah. SRT with no mileage. Uh. <laughs> that wedding's gonna be hard. Yeah, you know that marriage is gonna last. I'm gonna be like fucking Steve Buscemi, like the best man, the better man, best guitar player in the world, self taught, no lessons, ta- self taught, or whatever. Fucking, that's gonna be me at Steve's wedding, just getting pissed drunk. Falling down like, ow! <laughs> Yeah, let's get through. Let's get through my birthday first. God. We gotta all have like, like next week or something. Yeah, so next week's episode will air on my birthday. Oh, nice! Yeah. You know what we're That's gonna cool. do? Uh, we're gonna I'm, do. I'm f- stoked on that. For uh, Steve's wedding, we're all getting '80s tuxedos too. Like it's gonna look like the wedding singer. Steve's actually gonna be dressed like Robbie Hart. Like he's gonna get a perm and like teal, have that like, teal suit, that velvet like jacket. I want to walk in there wearing like this red jacket. I'm gonna go to Mill and be like, "What do you think of this jacket?" He'll be like, "I don't know, man. I lose that glove. You look nuts." Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, I hope, I hope one day. I hope one day I do. I hope one day I do get married, so you guys can live out this vision. Me too, because this is going to happen. Man. I just need the world to open up. Me and Larry will just go to a bar and do that. <laughs> I'm for real. I mean, like, we'll just go to the bullet and be like, Michael Jackson ass. Like, like Come fucking on, man. Jack- lose, lose the glove. <laughs> Dude, uh, what, what's the 50, the 50 cent line? Is like, have you ass looking like a Michael Jackson jacket with all them zippers? <laughs> um, that was a deep strange tangent but you know what funny. this is like basically people are gonna think we we're on drugs recording this one this Shit, is probably the most sober i've been during one of our shows I, I still can't i still can't drink for like eight or nine days because i'm still on antibiotics even though i'm feeling better thankfully but Word, that's uh, right yeah it was like i'm just kind of vibing anti drinking too much caffeine antibiotics versus probiotics <laughs> celebrity death match probiotics versus amateur biotics I have <laughs> finally amateur biotics. <laughs> oh my god! Yo, did you guys hear they're letting amateur biotics into the Olympics? <laughs> I have I have probiotics in my room. Should I see if if I put them in the same jars? Antibiotics. Now, for anybody who listens fight. to this show yeah. all the way through, I'm sorry. And I'm completely sober for this too. We're, this this is. No, I mean I've had like interesting. 
one whole beer and like maybe a third of another. Like I'm at this point, like I'm stone sober. You remember that uh, uh, all that skit or with Mary Beth, whatever it was like vital information for your everyday life. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what this episode just was. Or 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 fucking Keenan in the bathtub. With the French accent. Oh, PRS Cargo. Yeah, <laughs> shout out PRS Cargo. Uh, one of the things was his, uh, he said in French that his father's name was Stephanie, and I lost it. I was so hyped. <laughs> Your dad's a Stephanie? Yeah. <laughs> I loved when you started call, like using that term, Stephanie's, because like, I, I associate, <laughs> I know what you're, who you, type of people you're talking about, but I associate them with Stephanie Tanner, like adult version. Sure. Is it like? Is it is it like the 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 child of Karen essentially? Uh, it's there, like uh, sh- she wears etnies and sweat like uh sweatpants. It's like our generation of like that, yeah. Like Cookie Monster snapback sometimes, all the time. Um, okay. One last thing: you get one gif. Ooh, fuck. This is uh, hard. The, one, the one of Stanley rolling his eyes. That's solid. Uh, you go. My for, my most used are either Simpsons or St- or Michelle Tanner ones, but like I think I'm gonna go with fucking uh, uh, Larry David. Like when he's like, like the I, people uh. on the podcast can't can't see me, but like when he's just like I, he's kind of giving a shrug and then he kind of nods and then he's like, no, that sucks. He just kind of looks like, what the hell am I supposed to? Yeah, do that's like the best one because he's just like, fuck you, people. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Fair. That's a good one. I'm gonna do the one of that guy at the baseball game who's just just straight face, the thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. Just, just. just, just it, it's it, it's just so great because it's just he's just so bummed. Not to say not too great because he's bummed, but just like the just the total stone faced expression, just holding out a thumbs down. I'm like I I agree. So before we wrap it up, there was one other thing I wanted to say on that note because I was talking about Full House. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna pull it up right now. I haven't watched Full House in a really long time. I wonder how bad it is. It's the whole. It holds up quite well. Like it's one of those things where it's like, yo, it's really, it's really wholesome and like part of your childhood and stuff. But then it's kind of like, there's a, they, I don't know, there's too much. We'll see. I'll try to watch it. Okay, I got it. So what I was gonna say is, um, you know how like they use the names Mary Kate is like hyphenated, like, but it's like her middle name, and mm-hmm. then Ashley Olsen is just Ashley Olsen. Ashley Olsen, I don't think used her middle name because her middle name is Fuller. Go easy on the Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> but straight up, it's like, like it, it's weird because it looks like she. It sounds like two last names because it's like a like a. I mean, it's a last name mostly. You know, Mary Kate and Ashley also sounds like a list of three people. <laughs> yeah, well, they they. What's funny as fuck about Mary, comma Kate, comma and Ashley. What's really funny Correct. about that is that was obviously before the internet in the eighties when they didn't know. Um, they they people didn't know like uh, production secrets, right? As much so they didn't they wanted to hide the fact that they were twins. So originally, like on Full House, they're credited as Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. Like it like it's like her full name, like one person. Huh. Weird. And it's just kind of like, yo, like we're not dumb. Like everyone knows there's child labor laws. And the third Olsen is is uh, Wanda in WandaVision. Wanda Olsen. The no, fuck are you talking but about? I don't know. 
Um, she's Wanda from like the MCU and like is. Oh, I, I like. Got, oh, their sister. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh. no. I know. I was like, who the fuck is Wanda Olsen? <laughs> Wanda. Yeah, no, it's it, it's Wanda. Fucking Ashley and Wanda. <laughs> Yo, remember Eric on on they have that the the party for their parents that's like Corey's dance thing or whatever the rave. He's like, this is my uh, this is uh, Wanda, and like, oh Eric, we'd like you to meet your cousin Wanda. Like he's dancing with her and doesn't know it's his cousin. Do you remember that episode? You are talking about Boy Meets World, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah not one. Okay, got I it. I haven't watched one. So Boy Meets World, like they have like a rave, but it's like basically they're supposed to be throwing their parents a birth or a anniversary party or something, and they have like a rave. So Eric's dancing with this chick. He's like, "Oh, have you guys met Wanda?" And they're like, "Eric, meet your cousin Wanda." And he's just like, "Oh fuck!" And he like runs away. <laughs> uh, we we watched that like front to back last like seven years ago. Boy Meets World kicks ass. Yeah, I feel does. like you guys have had to watch Boy Meets World front to back substantially more recently than that. No, it was like 2014. It was the summer before I went to college. I mean, Shit. like I've seen, I've seen like every episode of Boy Meets World so many times. That's the last like full series like watched. They through. used to. I've seen those first handful of seasons multiple times. After Boy Meets World ended and they pulled it off TGIF block, they played it on Disney Channel like ten times a day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the true. only one I think the only one they didn't play on Disney was when he's drunk at the party. Oh yeah, they couldn't they could show. Remember that, that if one? If you could they... be stuck on a desert island with one cast member from Boy Meets World, who would it be? Um It's bad. I mean, I want to say a chick, but like at the same time, I'm probably just going to say Eric cuz it probably the, probably have the probably more probably fun. I probably have the best chance of surviving if I'm stuck on an island, Mr. Feeney. That's a good call. I'm going with Mr. Way. Turner. Shout oh, out. Yeah. Shout out Jonathan. Um, <laughs> no, because I mean, he's got, he's got a fucking hog. No, I like know. A per, like a permed mullet. He can probably cut down trees and shit because he's hard. <laughs> yo, like, I know my answer. I'm going to be on the island and I'm like, yo, it's Reg. Reginald Fairfield. <laughs> and then the monkeys are just going to show up. Monk. What a fucking weird thing that happened on that show. Yeah, no, like, there's no wrong answer. Before we, uh, before we get into what we're listening to, the the the, the term desert island, it's it's used in the sense of like it's deserted, not that it's like a desert, right? Yeah, right. Sounds always like desert island, like. Sounds like it sucks. <laughs> how's there water like around a desert? Is it like an oasis? Like, how does that work? I mean, if it's because it's deserted, shouldn't it be called a dessert island with like cakes and shit? I think they. That'd I think tight. so. I think it is technically I'd, I'd like. I'd love to go to dessert island. <laughs> I think it is technically like a dessert island, as in deserted. But they 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 put the accent on desert because you don't want it. Doesn't want to sound like oh, it, there's ice cream there. Because no, a desert island is not a bad, uh, not a good thing, and a, a dessert island is like the best thing. Dessert island sounds like the table <laughs> at a wedding where they have all the cookies and shit. That's 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 the place I want to go. Steve's wedding is gonna have a dessert island, that's but it's gonna weird. be it's gonna be like in a pool, like floating, like an actual island. So you have to go through the pool to get to the dessert. Yeah. Now, now that you guys are you guys are fully planning my wedding now. Uh, so like, oh, we're having a dessert island. It, no, your wedding is gonna be like when Corey and Topanga get married, and Eric like lies and says it's like the because they use the venue that somebody else booked. 
Yeah. So they'll be carrying us all out of there. It's going to be at Franklin House. <laughs> or over FaceTime. Yeah, there's, Steve's going to make... <laughs> it's going to be over FaceTime no, at Steve, the Moose Lodge. Steve's going to make his the flyer for his wedding, and it's going to be like at Franklin House, and it's going to be like 21 and over, drink with ID, or like 21 and over with, yeah, must have ID, and then it's going to be all instead in Helvetica. Of, instead of the picture, instead of the picture of, uh, of being non-existent wife, it'll be, uh, a Gustav Dore illustration from Paradise Lost. <laughs> Perfect. Shout out Gustav. Um... And then mine is just like gonna Steve's be... wedding, like in small little, like with special guests, like Spineless Heartless and all these other bands from around here. Yo, no, if I'm on this no desert, cover, if I'm on this desert island though, yeah, no cover exactly. If I'm on this desert island though, I'm gonna do this thing with my hair, and then you're gonna hear, "Is that you, Sean?" <laughs> like, no, it's Mill. Wrong butt oh. cut. That's uh, sick. One last thing I want to say before we do what we're listening to. I was watching this episode of The Practice the other day, and it was like right. It was like right when Boy Meets World ended, and Sean was like on the on the show for two episodes as a guest star. Sure. And it was really weird because, you know, at the end of Boy Meets World, how he like had like really short hair. Yeah. He grew his hair back out at this point, but he didn't have a butt cut. It really fucked just me. Long up. hair. It was just like. I'll send you a picture. It fucked me up. It was like regular hair. No, like, part. Ew. Yeah, I didn't like it. I was like, get the fuck. And then he ended up, like, going to jail. Yeah, well. Anyways, they arrested him because his hair. Um, what are you guys, excuse me, listening Bless to? You. We're recording remote. I didn't sneeze on my co-host. True. What are you, what are you listening to? Um, Action Bronson a lot, which is, I mean, pretty standard. Um... Uh, Dead Poetic, and then today I listened to James Taylor, actually. Nice. Yeah. Tight. What about y'all? Um, I've been listening to the new Julian Baker single that dropped today. Um, really good. Boy Genius is on it, so, like, it's straight up, like, some of the best vocal harmonies I've ever heard. Cool. Um. By the time this comes out, I'll be listening to the new Lowe's, but it doesn't come out till Friday, uh, which is insane to think that they're already putting out new music, but apparently it's like a companion piece with the, like ambient soundscape, so that's right up my alley. Cool. I can't wait for that. And uh, I was listening to the albums we were talking about today, because I actually haven't listened to some of them in a while, mainly the Tears for Fears record I haven't listened to in a bit. Uh. For me, aside from the usuals like Teenage Wrist and Foo Fighters, uh, I've been listening to Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA record. Hell oh, yeah. Because Bruce is the boss. He's the greatest ever. He's called the boss because he is legitimately the best ever. He's fucking so sick. And then um, I've been listening to a bunch of like Gin Blossoms. Yeah! I, I fucking love the uh, Gin Blossoms so much. I, f- I forgot. I also want to throw in uh, Lil Keed. Trapped on Cleveland 3 mixtape. I've listened to that a bunch. Nice. Yeah, Gin Blossoms, uh, to me, are like an underappreciated band because everybody knows the singles and they're really good, but all, like, if you listen to their albums front to back, they're really Their good. deep cuts are ridiculous. Well, great band. So, yeah, uh, rare, you know, 90s and 80s shit, but uh, good good stuff. So, anyways, um, 
if you stayed with us this whole episode, sorry it was kind of wonky, but thank you. We appreciate it. We needed to have a one-off hang, which was what this was. True. We haven't had an episode like this in a good while, so yeah, it was worth it. It was a good time. It was a, it was a, a lot of nonsense, but uh, I mean, that's kind of what we've been doing, and that's kind of how we all got here. So it was it was cool to do one of those again. It was I homecoming. It. Right. Uh, but anyways, we have some cool topics coming up. We have some very cool guests coming up. So I promise uh, this season is probably going to be the best season yet. I already think it is, and uh, it's only going up. So thanks for being with us. Uh, and uh, you guys got anything else to add? I hope to see you at my wedding. Um, Catch me at Steve's wedding floating around wearing like a fucking typo swimsuit chilling at the uh, dessert island. Well, thanks for coming to the Shiznit Island and uh Shiznit Island. Shiznit Island. Yeah. All right, y'all. We'll see ya Peace. in a week. Well, we won't see ya, but you'll hear us in a week. Is that you, Sean?